Hello, TFC Tribe. Welcome back to the audio project. Our media team at TFC thought it would be helpful to make some of our recent Instagram live recordings available as 30-minute podcast episodes, so we created a new show called IG Live Talk. All these talks are available as YouTube videos on our channel, and we hope the info that we cover benefits you in your life. On this episode of IG Live Talk from March 19, we redefine what it means to be quote-unquote healthy. We unpack the concept of movement snacks. We talk about the importance of doing fun stuff every day during the strange and uncertain times that we're in right now. And we talk about connecting with others during isolation. I also do a bit of Q&A at the end, so you get a little bit of that. This episode of the show is sponsored by our new page at thefootcollective.com called Footwear Partners. The page features a continually expanding list of footwear companies that align with us on the mission to offer shoes that are good for your feet and good for the planet. These companies have generously offered discounts or free items uh, for the TFC community. And by purchasing footwear using the discount codes or links on that page, you help support TFC app so we can keep it free and avoid ever having to put ads everywhere uh, to cover the costs of improving and running the app. Check out thefootcollective.com, click on the footwear partners page, and you can check out those brands. Short episode, so we're just doing one sponsor message. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. I hope everyone can hear me okay. I might even bring this guy a little bit closer so I can see. What's up? All right, so um, back for another session. I hope everyone's doing well. Weird times, getting weirder by the day, but um, I hope uh, everyone's doing good and staying positive. You know, we talked last time about how everything is neutral until you make a judgment of it. So look for the positive things. There's a lot of them. Uh, you just might have to look extra hard uh, during times like this. So I got two cameras. I got one here in front of me that's going on YouTube. So I'm gonna look at that one. But during the q and I'll look back and I'll take some questions. If anyone's got them, I'll answer them as best I can. Um, but I can't guarantee that I'll know the answer. So. And who am I saying answers? This is just me sharing what I know from my experience. These are not the answers. Uh, you have to discover the answers yourself. So, all right. So thanks for tuning in. Um, I got good feedback from the last session, so I'm gonna keep doing these so long as people seem to be benefiting from them. Um, you know, and like I said, there's lots of shit getting thrown at us right now, and you just have to look for the positive, and the more you do that, the easier it becomes to constantly do that. So do your best, and uh, be the person who spreads positivity instead of concern and chaos, because uh, there's enough people out there freaking out buying toilet paper, and there needs to be more people that are calm and just saying, you know, it is what it is, um, and let's just keep on keeping on and uh, stick together as a, as a human tribe. So uh, today's agenda, um, we're going to talk about four main things. So number one is we're going to redefine what it means to be healthy and just kind of expand on that concept because I think uh, we tend to have this black and white thinking where you're either healthy or you're not, and I think it deserves a little bit of a, of a discussion. We're going to talk about movement snacks, uh, what movement snacks are and ideas on how to get snacking um, because you know food snacks aren't something we're supposed to be doing all throughout the day but movement snacks we should be doing regularly throughout the day so we'll unpack that a little bit uh, we're gonna talk about the value of doing fun shit every day right like what is why is it so important to do fun things every day I want to talk about that especially at a time like now 
Uh, and then the last part I want to talk about connecting with others during times of isolation. So there's a lot of ways we can connect with people uh, today. You know, a lot of, you can email, you can text, you can call, you can voice chat, you can meet up in person. Um, but I think each level has its own uh, level of nutrients that we get from that connection. And so it's really about prioritizing the higher nutrient, the more nutrient dense forms of connection are the really the ones we should be prioritizing. So I just wanna unpack that a bit. So let's start with talking about redefining what it means to be healthy. Uh, my biggest mission on this one is to say um less. So I'm gonna try, but there'll probably be a couple ums thrown out there. I apologize, I know it's annoying. I listen to everything I record so I can work to get better. And it's like pulling hair when I listen to myself talk and hear a billion ums, so I'm working on it. So let's talk about, you know, the, I think the term healthy gets thrown around a lot. And I think it's time to give it a more crisp definition. And maybe a good place to start is talking about what being healthy doesn't mean. It doesn't mean having perfect health. Perfect health is ephemeral, it doesn't exist. I always tell people health is like an asymptote. And in math, an asymptote is when something will get closer and closer to the extreme but never touch it, that's health. So you never get to a destination where you're like, I'm healthy, work's done. Uh, it's a constant process. So perfect health, uh, it, being healthy doesn't mean having perfect health. Uh, it doesn't mean being able to run a marathon. It doesn't mean having a gym membership or looking super lean, right? It doesn't mean those things. That's a, I think that's the common conception of what healthy means to a lot of people, but I don't think that's a fair definition of health. Uh, you know, health is a lifelong process and health has nothing to do with your current state um, and everything to do with the mindset that you adopt around the definition of health, right? So anyone can be healthy if they choose to adopt a healthy mindset and choose to prioritize their behaviors um, and kind of prioritize learning about what healthy behaviors are. So, you know, the TFC community um, has really been having some conversations about what does it mean to be healthy? And I think being a healthy person for us means having the confidence that you're in control of your health. So being confident that you are in control, you're in the driver's seat of uh, the state of your health. It means making progress every day, even if that's a tiny improvement, right? So making progress mean, in terms of your health journey means you are a healthy person. Uh, it means actively learning what you can do to improve your health, even if it's just a tiny thing you're trying to learn. And you know what we're trying to do is provide that education for people who want it. But if you're actively learning what you can do to be healthy, you're a healthy person. Okay, it doesn't matter if you have a ton of pain, if you're overweight, if you have a bunch of chronic diseases, if you are actively learning how to improve your health, you are a healthy person. It doesn't matter if you have a ton of pain. The pain will go away if you're patient and you're constantly making improvements. Um, you know, being healthy means planning to implement changes and then actually acting on implementing those things. And guess what? Sometimes you plan to do something and it doesn't work out very well, right? Maybe you overshoot, the goal was too ambitious or it was too hard, but you just have to be nice to yourself, right? When it comes to health, making a goal and not meeting that goal doesn't mean failing. The result of a goal um, that you tried to work towards simply gives a result. Right, it's just a result. It's not a, it's not a success or a failure, it's a result. Um, and you learn from all your results. So there's really no such thing as failing on a goal. Uh, it's just a result and from that result you can recalibrate, make a different goal and hopefully it aligns better with what you're able to do. Um, being healthy also means helping others improve their health and helping them improve their health confidence or their awareness around health. So being healthy doesn't just mean yourself, it also means helping others uh, and it also means just leading by example, right? Sometimes you don't have to say any words to help someone on their health journey. Um, you can just act like a healthy person. 
and people learn a lot more from what you do than what you say. And I think that's a powerful thing to be mindful of. So according to that definition, anyone can be healthy starting right now. All it takes is for you to adopt a mindset that um, allows you to make progress. Right? And you know, healthy behavior changes can be infinitesimally small. Right? If you eat a sugary snack every night, um, maybe eating half as much of that snack that you usually eat is the behavior change that, that makes you healthy that day. Right? So it's more about making progress than it is about being in a state of perfect health. Um, you know, maybe sitting on the floor for 10 minutes instead of sitting on the couch. You know, if you're gonna sit and watch something on TV for two hours, if the first 10 minutes of that you watch it sitting on the floor, you are acting like a healthy person. Right? And so instead of this black and white thinking that we typically do where it's like I'm either really healthy or I can't be healthy because I got all this stuff going on, so screw it, I'll just do whatever I want. Think health means progress and means having the confidence that you're in control of your health. So new mindset, um, new definition of being healthy, I think it's very powerful. What's up everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, okay, next one we're gonna talk about. Damn it, I said um again, I'm working on it. Movement snacks. This is, you know, I wanna talk about what are, what are movement snacks and you know, give people some ideas on how they can start snacking. So I think we all know the term snacks when it, snack when it comes to food. It's basically a small dose of food eaten between meals. And I really like using this term when it comes to movement. Um, a movement snack is essentially a tiny dose of movement that you can consume anytime, anywhere. Right? It's available to all of us at all times during the day. Literally, anything from getting down on the floor and getting back up to doing five squats or jumping up and down 10 times. Like literally, you can do something for 30 seconds, five minutes, or 10 minutes, it doesn't really matter. These movement snacks are only limited by your creativity. Right? One single calf raise is a movement snack. So there's no, there's no limit or, or floor to, to what is required um, in terms of a dose of movement. Right, And with so many people spending tons of time sitting on a chair or on a couch or driving in a car, we need these movement snacks more now than ever. So, um, you know, I think in the context of movement, we always talk about how, you know, humans love to think in extremes. So in psychology, they call this cognitive distortion black and white thinking or polarized thinking. And it can be really, it can really mess with our ability to see the world as it is. Um, and the world exists not as black or white, it exists with a huge amount of shades of gray in between. And when it comes to movement, the snacks are those shades of gray, right? They're the opportunity for micro doses of movement that add up really quite quickly to give exponential change. Um, you know, we might think, oh, well, if I can't go do a full workout or if I can't go on my run, well, there's no point in doing anything. And that's an exact example of black and white thinking. And the reality is that you can do something. You can literally, like I said before, get up and down off the floor. That's a movement snack, right? So it's not about either I work at, either I do a full-blown workout or I do nothing. It's I can do any kind of level of movement, any dose of movement at any time, right? You don't need weights. You don't need a gym. Uh, all you need is literally like a one meter by one meter space and you can do body weight squats. You can jump up and down five times. You can do anything. So expand your thinking, start movement snacking today, involve your friends and your family. The more snacks you can get in you, the better. It's just gonna be hugely beneficial to your body. And just to give an example of a, of a movement, what I would consider a movement snack that I do every day, I pair squats and push-ups with my coffee every morning. 
So every cup of coffee I make, I do two sets of 20 squats and two sets of 20 push-ups. And for someone just starting, that might be five squats, or let's say 10 squats and 10 push-ups for every cup of coffee you make. Um, and it might not seem like much, but 10 squats a day means 70 squats per week, 280 squats uh, a month, and 3,360 squats a year. That's a huge amount of squats. So you just have to do it in small doses, and it makes a massive difference, okay? So start snacking, very powerful. Uh, next one that we want to talk about is the value of doing fun things every day. Okay, so I think fun and joy is a really powerful antidote to fear and stress. They're incompatible. If you're laughing and if you're happy, it is literally incompatible with stress and fear. You cannot be scared while also be laughing. Okay, so I really think that at times like this, we all have to prioritize doing fun things. And fun things is gonna mean different things for different people, right? Do something that makes you happy, that brings you joy. It can be anything. You know, for me, um, it might be calling up a friend and talk and just making stupid jokes about the world and how crazy the world is. Uh, it might be dancing around for five minutes or putting a good song on and going on the beam. Anything, really. It could be literally, for some people, it might be sitting down on the floor instead of on the couch or a chair and playing video games. If that brings you joy, do it every day. Don't do it for 10 hours straight, but whatever brings you joy, do it. Um, and so I think if you make a pact with yourself to do one fun, really fun thing every single day, um, and better yet, make a pact with your friends and your family to do one fun thing together every single day, very powerful antidote to fear and stress, which is kind of, um, it's in the air a lot right now. Everyone knows that. So um, prioritize it, makes a big difference. Last point I want to talk about, and then we'll just do some questions. Um, doing a sport you enjoy, yeah, prime example. Um, all of these things, it can be literally anything, right? If, if flicking yourself in the ear brings you joy, do it. Don't do it to the point where you're hurt. That might have been a terrible example. That's a dumb example. Um, but the point is, do something that puts a smile on your face or makes you laugh. Watch a, a comedy skit, whatever it is. Um, literally go out of your way or write down, put a post-it note somewhere so that when you look at it, it says, do shit that's fun. Um, it makes a big difference. I found out firsthand, right? It's easy to not... It's easy to brush aside things that you consider optional, or in the case of doing things that are fun, some people consider them just silly or a waste of time, but if it instantly changes your mood and resets your mind and gets you out of this fear state of constantly being high strung or anxious, it is valuable. So just prioritize it. It shouldn't be hard to prioritize fun things, but in today's society, it is. Last thing I wanna talk about is connecting with others during times of isolation. So. I think um, we have a lot of ways of connecting with people. You know, we have text messages, emails, video chat, voice chat, in person, and each of these different levels have uh, different levels of nutrients associated with them. So, you know, humans are social creatures. Um, we start to get mentally and physically ill when we disconnect from others, right? Like when you lived in your tribe, the whole tribe helped hunt. It helped protect each other's children. Uh, we, we relied on each other for survival and so when you disconnected from the tribe you're supposed to feel like shit you're supposed to be anxious you're supposed to be depressed because that is the essentially the psychological pain that guides your behavior to getting back to the tribe because being away from the tribe was dangerous so we're social animals we don't require constant social connection for survival anymore right uber eats will deliver you food you don't need a tribe to hunt with to be successful in that department um, but we do require social connection uh, to others in order to be mentally healthy it's still required for health. So, you know, 
the more the gold standard is in person when you're interacting in person you have touch you have intonation you have body language um, you have you know eye contact these are all nutrients that we require and every level that you go down that is more digital and less in person has less of those nutrients so a prime example of that would be email when you send someone an email you're typing up letters they read it they have no idea of the context or intonation they have no idea about your body language as you were typing it, which is why so many miscommunications happen over, over digital platforms like texting. How many times have you sent a text to someone, they completely misinterpreted it and it created a shitstorm? It's because there's none of the nutrients to make sure that it's an effective piece of communication. So do your best to prioritize in-person connection. If you can't do that, the next best thing would be something like a video chat, right? Skype someone, Skype your family or your friends. If you can't do that, call them. If you can't do that, then you can text them. But I think there's gonna be a lot of people out there that just fire their fingers off all day and text people, your brain kind of thinks you're connecting with someone, right? It's kind of like junk food. When you eat a Big Mac, your brain kind of thinks you're getting something good because there's a lot of salt, there's a lot of sugar, there's a lot of fat, there's a lot of calories, um, but it's completely devoid of nutrients. And so your brain thinks, you, you trick your brain into thinking you're getting something good, but you actually get none of the real nutrients that satisfies you and, and helps uh, give your body the stuff you need, right? Oh, call coming in. Um, there we go. So prioritize in person. If you can't do in person, video chat someone. The more nutrient dense your connections are, even in times of isolation, the better off you're gonna be. So that was kind of all I had written down. I hope that gives people some benefit. Uh, let's do some Q&A. <laughs> Finn. All right, how many times do you have to repeat something until it becomes a routine or a habit? I think that's really subjective and it depends on, uh, good question, Louisa Freudenberg. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Um, I think it depends on how motivated you are to keep doing it, to be honest. So, you know, yeah, there's 21 day rule, 10,000 hours. I don't really know. It's gonna be different for every person. If shit is fun, it's a lot easier to keep doing it. Um, and I think you just have to be honest with yourself. If you're not doing it regularly, then you're not making it easy for yourself to develop a habit. So putting reminders, um, yeah, and the, and the more times you do something, the easier it gets to do. So very subjective, I think very individual. Um, one plus side of social, oh, darn it. The thing is with these questions, so many questions are coming through, I can't really read. If you're isolated in the USA, in Spain, is a fourth day of isolation and I want to jump from a cliff. Um, I highly encourage you don't do that and just call, call your friend. Do a video chat with a friend, right? Joke about some silly shit, it'll make you feel better. Um, can you give more examples of snack movements? Oh, there's like limit, unlimited amounts. Um, a body weight squat, a lunge, um, literally go like this 50 times. That's a movement snack. It could be anything. You could do this. You could do anything you want, right? Just find something that literally moves your parts, uh, gets you huffing and puffing. A really good one that anyone can do and is more important the older you are, get up and down off the ground 20 times and try and do it differently every single time. It's, it's actually kind of fun. Um, and remember we talked about fun is good. I've been looking into several barefoot shoes. Merrill Trail glove looks amazing. Have you tried them? I haven't tried them, but someone from our tribe has and they found them to be great. So um, yeah, give them a go. They have everything, you know, they're flexible, they're flat. Um, I think they're much wider than most shoes and, uh, and they're zero drop. So, or I already said flat. Yeah, wide and they have a thin sole. So they got everything. Is it better to be barefoot as much as possible? Yes, always. Uh, if your feet hurt when you go barefoot, don't do too much too soon. But the more time you can spend barefoot, every step you take when you're barefoot is like treating your foot. It's better than any exercise you can do. Barefoot locomotion, super powerful and underrated. Can 
Can you explain how simple exercise can change a person's chemistry over time? Uh, yeah, I can, I can do my best, but it might not be the right medium for it. So movement is like a nutrient. An example that James from TFC Australia gives all the time is, um, when you're in space, um, you know, when you load your bones, it gives your bones the nutrient signal to increase the bone density or to remodel bone to stay strong. Um, you know, people talk about how you need calcium or you need vitamin D for strong bones. Well, if you're in space and there's no gravity, I don't care how much calcium or vitamin D you take. Um, if you're not, if you're not exposing your body to load, then your bones, you're going to get your bones are gonna decrease in their bone density, it doesn't matter what you're eating. So movement and load is a nutrient that changes your physiology. Every movement you do creates input that your brain uses to remodel your body, just to, to, to strengthen and increase the size of muscles, to remodel bone. Like movement is a massive nutrient and we're all just, you know, people that are all busted up because they sit all day, they're just malnourished. Right? You don't need to give them a bunch of drugs. You just have to give them some nutrients. Right? If someone's starving, you should just give them food. If someone is malnourished in terms of their movement, just get moving. It doesn't actually matter what movement you do. Just move. Just don't be sedentary. Don't be in one position. Uh, toe shoes are good. Yeah, Vibram, really good. You might not like the look, but I always found that silly. It's like people freak out when you wear Vibrams, but you know, if you wore a square-shaped helmet, people would be like, what the hell are you doing, man? Helmets are round because heads are round. Vibrams look like feet because they're covering our feet, right? When you wear these pointy things, that's the weird thing, not wearing Vibrams. So Vibrams are awesome. If you're into it, that's the gold standard. If you want the most natural shoe that allows for unlimited foot function, uh, Vibrams are the way to go. I don't care what you say about the look. Uh, what walking outdoor shoes do you recommend for fallen arches? Well, fallen arches aren't something you're stuck with. And I think if you get away from supportive shoes, you will actually start to rely more on the natural support mechanisms of your foot. So the antidote to what people think of as flat feet um, is actually to load your feet, right? Is get rid of the support. And it also has a lot to do with your hip. So there's a lot, that's a deep conversation to have, but um, get a pair of natural shoes, slowly integrate them into your usual activity routine and good things will happen. Uh, stress fractures, yeah, that's gonna be a tough one to answer, maybe not relevant. What about sports that require restrictive footwear? Skates, ski boots, good question. Um, there's no such thing as a barefoot hockey skater ski boot. What you do when you're outside of your sport specific footwear that's maybe not very kind to, to feet is what determines the health of your foot. So if you spend a couple hours in hockey skates, make sure you spend a couple hours barefoot, maybe throw on some toes spreaders, uh, you know, do some foot mobility work. It really does a lot to counteract it. The body's very adaptive. Um, it adapts very quickly, sorry. Um, so if you spend some time in footwear that's suboptimal, that's okay as long as your other footwear that you have a choice um, about how stiff it is, is good for your foot. Suggestions for natural shoes. So the whole reason we created uh, tfc-shop.com was to create a shop that only features natural footwear. So I'd recommend going there. Whether you buy from there or not, doesn't actually matter. Just those are probably, that's the best way for me to suggest footwear is just check out that site. It's loaded with natural footwear from a bunch of different brands. So check that out. Uh, what do you think is the relationship between feet and hips? Um, they're like this. You cannot fix one without addressing the other. Um, and so, you know, your hip creating torque, external rotation torque, is actually what lifts up the arch of your foot. So if your hips are stiff and stuck, your feet are gonna be stiff and stuck as well. So they're super interconnected, and in order to address problems at either one, you have to work on both. What about shoes for playing rugby? Um, 
Vivo Barefoot makes a soft ground um, trail shoe that I found really, really good for rugby or ultimate frisbee field sports because cleats suck right now. And we're gonna address, we're gonna work to address that problem eventually, um, but it's, it's gonna take some time. Best way to strengthen and mobilize your toes, get them out of stiff shoes and spend time barefoot. Literally, most powerful answer I can think of. Suggestion for correcting, correcting foot, ankle, hip alignment, not through orthotics. First one is stop, don't overthink alignment. Like just, if you expose your body to the right environment, it knows exactly how to get back to functioning optimally. Unless you have some genetic defect or some hardware in there. So get rid of the obstacles that are getting in your way from optimal alignment. Don't even, don't obsess with the word alignment. I know health professionals love to throw that out there. Um, but if you just do what your body's supposed to do, it will find optimal alignment. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, just don't overthink it and do things your body's supposed, your body's supposed to do. Insoles for support, do they work? Um, crutches, do they work? Yeah, if your leg's broken, crutches work. Um, but in general, you don't need anything extra. Like the only thing you need for your foot is something to protect it from damage when you're outside. That is it. You don't need insoles, you don't need support. In fact, the more extra stuff you add, the less well your feet function. So. How do I go over the fear to start live on Instagram? Oh, you just do it. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Like, if you're just sharing and you're trying to give other people a benefit, great question, Pilates Victoria. Uh, check out stuff from Clayton.moves. He's got a bunch of stuff helping people just, you know, if all you're doing is sharing your experience for the chance that it could benefit other people, no one can say that you're doing something wrong. No one can critique you, right? So just get out there and start sharing stuff. If you have value to give, you know, there's a world of billions of people Right? Someone is going to benefit from what you're saying if you're giving stuff of value, so just get at it. Is playing basketball in barefoot shoes okay? Yes, it is. I play basketball in Vibrams or barefoot's a little bit tricky because of a lot of cutting, so footwear is, is I think important, but the less, when it comes to footwear, less is more, doesn't matter what sport, unless there's something that requires more traction, like you know, if you're gonna play football on a grassy field, it's gonna be real slippery if there's a little bit of dampness, so you gotta be careful there. Uh, Vivo Barefoot Primus Trail SG or FG is great alternative for cleats and I have, yes, super powerful. Um, that's actually one of my, the Primus Trail SG, soft ground, SG stands for soft ground. Really, really good uh, shoe for field sports like ultimate uh, frisbee or rugby or soccer or football. Um, wide, thin, flat, flexible, really good quality. So check them out. How to avoid pain while running if I have flat feet. Your flat feet are not causing your pain with running. Um, you know, moving poorly when running or doing too much too soon are the causes uh, of pain, right? So stop, don't even think, remove the word flat foot from your vocabulary um, and just focus more on what you need to do to expose your foot to the right environment so it functions like a foot. Sorry, this is like rapid fire, but I'm doing my best. Uh, Luke JD Fitness, yeah, Vibram's for tennis. Nothing wrong with that. Super helpful info, thank you. Good, you're glad you're enjoying it. Mini Ninja Beast, love the name. Uh, why a passive device like toe spreaders will work? I'm thinking opposed to orthotics here. Yeah, good question. So the goal with spreaders is to help offset the effects of having your toes compressed like this for a long period of time. They are not like the answer to life, right? They are not the solution to correcting your feet um, in terms of everything about them, but they do help go from here to here quicker. Um, and you know, if you use spreaders, which are a passive device, um, when you're just sitting on the couch, they're not gonna do very much. So we recommend using 
them when you're moving. And by opening up the fascia and the skin between the toes, it gives you the opportunity to work on the active side of things. So working on individual toe activation, spending time barefoot. So, you know, toe spreaders are part of the solution to offset narrow compressive footwear, but they are not the be all and end all answer. So good question. Have you come across saddle bone deformity in feet? I haven't. What book are you currently reading? I'm reading a shitload of them. I have a, I have a weird way of reading books. I read little bits of a bunch of them. Um, I'm, I'm reading, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Thick, Thich Nacht Tan. Um, his books are like super powerful. And I'm reading uh, Essentialism right now by Greg McKeown. I read that one, parts of that this morning. Really good book. Um, I got two minutes left and then this video is gonna expire. So what great exercise for posterior tibial tendon dysfunction? So there's almost never a specific exercise that's good for a general pathology, right? So if your hips aren't working like they're supposed to, you're gonna end up putting, your tib post is gonna be working over time all the time. So there's no great exercise. Um, Update on canceled TFC events. I sent an email to everyone that was registered. All the events are gonna be postponed, not canceled. And the um, June and July events, we're gonna wait until May, May 1st to announce that. Just, I don't know how things are gonna go, but we'll keep everyone updated. We're always barefoot anyway, it's our culture. Um, how is it my 11 year old has foot pain, especially after soccer? Ooh, we just talked about cleats. Cleats are nasty for feet, you know? So trying to find a better alternative that's more flexible and wider uh, can help a lot. Does toe strengthening help with your explosiveness? I don't know if it helps directly, but having a body that works well is gonna help with any athletic kind of movement. So I would say, I would guess yes, but I, you know, having strong toes is not gonna make you blast up to the rim overnight. So it's part of it, but yeah. Having healthy feet and the um, being a good mover is the biggest thing that helps your explosiveness, right? Having a brain that knows how to tell all of your joints and muscles to fire synergistically to give you the most force production is the biggest thing you can do to be more, more explosive. Could you do a series on foot placement while running? Um, no, because I don't think you should be thinking about foot placement while running. I think if you eliminate cushioning from running shoes, and I just did a solo cast, or it just went live today talking about cushioning and running shoes, um, you shouldn't really be, you shouldn't have to think about your foot placement. You should just, the things you should think of as being in good alignment and having just kind of a high step frequency so that you're kind of leaning forward and catching your fall. So. I don't think that would be helpful. Advice on bunions, get rid of compressive footwear and use some toe spreaders when you're moving around and around the house. If you get rid of the shoes that are causing the bunions, bunions go away, which is hard to do because there's not a lot of good footwear out there, but, um, and yes, it is possible to, it's not, it is possible to completely reverse bunions if they're insanely deformed, like, you know, we see this all the time with people in their uh, later years, 70s, 80s, that have been in compressive narrow shoes their entire lives. Uh, it can be really hard um, to get rid of those. So some are surgical, but for the most part, you know, get rid of the shoe causing the bunion, the bunion automatically um, starts to kind of go away because you've gotten rid of the cause. And then you just gotta work on realigning that big toe joint with stuff like toe spreaders, um, with just moving it around with your hands. Like you gotta open up that joint and, and you also have to loosen up the big toe flexor tendon because if that's pulling you off angle you gotta deal with that as well um, how sh should I think about how I put my feet on the ground with each step uh, just think uh, walk softly or step softly if you just think that like if um, if you were walking around and there was a thousand bears around you trying to be as quiet as possible try and walk as softly and as quietly as possible that's a really powerful one 